Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gannon. For the next 90 minutes, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pecan, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. Send messages to the show on Twitter at go for it can. And while you're there, at go for it can, make sure you give us a follow at go for it can. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by New York Jets linebacker Demario Davis. And the New York Jets won a big game, a big game against the New York Giants last week, down 10 points there in that fourth quarter. They made a tremendous comeback. They got back into the football game, took it to overtime, ultimately got the victory. And now the Jets, if the season were to end today, would be in the playoffs, would get the final wild card spot in the AFC. So things are looking up for for the Jets, and theoretically – I know there's four games left, but theoretically the Jets control their own destiny. If you look at their final four games, two very winnable games against Dallas and against Tennessee, Tennessee coming up this week. But those final two, New England and Buffalo, it's going to be tough. And now New England had something to play for, being that they lost two in a row, and being that now if the playoffs were to start today, the New England Patriots would be the number three seed. So they went from, you know, seemingly – everybody's number one seed in the AFC, possibly going undefeated, to now have to play on wild card weekend. So we'll see what happens with the New England Patriots, but the Jets have a tough road to hoe. And that game against the, you know, they got, like I said, four games left and two very, two very winnable games, Dallas and Tennessee, but the next two are going to be tough with New England and with Buffalo. So we'll see. But we're going to talk to Demario about that, and also Hall of Famer Willie Rofe will be joining us as well. Let's start with the NBA, and let's start with the Golden State Warriors, the undefeated Golden State Warriors, the 23-0 and Golden State Warriors. And at this point, the Golden State Warriors 23-0, and but at this point also, the Golden State Warriors have a little adversity, a little adversity. Here's some adversity. Adversity number one. Harrison Barnes is out. 
has been out. And also, adversity number two, Clay Thompson, arguably your second best player on the team, is out with a sprained ankle. He won't play tonight. So it's a little adversity. And, and reality is Golden State didn't go through this type of injury or adversity last season. But reality is also there's still Steph Curry. There's still Draymond Green. There's still players on this roster that can get it done at the highest of levels. Andre Iguodala as well. So there's, there, there's still a best. There's still this is still a championship caliber basketball team uh, right now. And obviously, you know, you're not the team that you could be with Steph Curry, with uh, Clay Thompson now, but you're still big time. And, and so now, 24-0, they're shooting for and, and And each and every week, I keep predicting. I say Utah one week. Close call. Jazz almost beat them. I said Toronto. Close call. Toronto played them tough. Almost beat them. And so now, I guess I have to find who will finally beat the Golden State Warriors. Celtics might play them tough. Celtics, you know, say, you know, Brad Stevens done a great job with the Boston Celtics. That team plays hard. That plays that team plays tough. I just love the way the Boston Celtics play. You got to love the way the Boston Celtics play. But twenty-three and zero, thirty-three. You want to get to? Obviously, you can say twenty-seven and zero. You want to include last season? I don't do that. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to say 23 and 0. But I look at this team. I look at this team now, and you know, 26 and 0, and we'll be 27 and 0 possibly every tonight. At Boston, I think they win, 24 and 0. At Milwaukee, 25 and 0. Phoenix and Milwaukee again, 26, 27 and 0. Utah again at home, 28-0, and then Cleveland on Christmas Day. Cleveland on Christmas Day. And some people say, well, do you care whether it was, do you say it's 26 in a row or do you say it is 23 in a row? And I, I am inclined to say 23 from the standpoint that at the end of the day, you know what I mean, 23, this is the season. Let's do it in season. I don't like to, you know, pick up from last season. Let's do it all in season this is all in-season stuff. So reality is, you look at this team, this team being the Golden State Warriors, I'm looking at 33-0, and and I hope they can get 33-0, and 34-0. But without Klay Thompson, and we don't know the timetable, sprained ankle, they're probably, I'm, I'm assuming day-to-day at this point. But if he's not, not going to miss a significant amount of time, then you know obviously this streak is going to be in trouble. This, this streak is going to be in big trouble. Because, you know, Clay Thompson, second best player on this basketball team. Clay Thompson, who was big night, big time uh, against the Indiana Pacers with 39 points, 10 threes. I mean, he was on, on, he is unconscious. He, was unconscious. he said he's about 60%, 70%. And, you know, Luke Walton, coach, said they're not going to push him. So at this point, and, and there's no need to push him. Because, you know, these, this streak is nice. This streak is fun. This streak is great. But this streak is nothing if this streak doesn't end in a championship. You know, 23 and 0 was cute. It's beautiful. It's lovely. It's fun. It's all those great things. But it don't mean a thing if it don't end in a ring. 
And reality is we can talk about how good this basketball team is, and they're good, no doubt about it. They're, they're great. But you still got San Antonio out there who's 18-5, and that's not shabby. You know, OKC is still there, 14-8. and eight. They're still a formidable ball club. And I look at the Western Conference, and it's still early, but the Western Conference, and I look at the Eastern Conference, and the Eastern Conference is a little better. Well, let's look at the top two teams, Cleveland, Charlotte. Let's talk top four. Cleveland, Charlotte, Toronto, and Indiana, top four in the West, Warriors, Spurs, Thunder, and Clippers. You know, the records look a little better other than Golden State and other than San Antonio, the first two teams. The records look a little better out east, but at the end of the day, they're still the better basketball teams during the Western Conference. So you still have the West, the whole thing of dealing with the Western Conference, the whole thing of playing in the Western Conference and, and playing those teams in the Western Conference, which is not going to be easy. And so, you, like I said, San Antonio is still there. Fortunate that you avoided them. Westbrook and, and Durant are still there. Fortunate that those guys were not there last season for a good amount of time. And so Clippers are going to be tough. You know, Dallas is playing decent. I mean, there's still some good basketball teams in the Western Conference. But, again, the Golden State Warriors at this point in time, the Golden State Warriors I think are are, are head above everybody else. They're the best team in basketball. And if they continue uh, with this pace, and playing this way and, and and continuing to have the health that they've had last season and that they had uh, last season and before the couple injuries, you know, early this season. But if they can continue down that path, down that road, this team, the Golden State Warriors, are going to repeat. Steph Curry is going to repeat as MVP. You know, that, that's going to happen. But this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun, and I hope the fun continues. I hope the fun most definitely continues, and I hope that the fun ends in, well, we'll see what the fun ends in. But we'll, 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 I just want to say, I want to see history. I, I told you last week, I like history. 13-0, I like history. The, the Carolina Panthers, 12-0, I like history. Get 16. Golden State, 23-0, get 11 more, get 34. I like history. I like history. And so I want to see this history made. I want to see it. I want to see it. I want to enjoy it. And I want it to come true. I I want it all to come true. And and I hope it does. I really do. I, I really do. But time will tell. Time will tell what's going to happen. And, again, they had a four-game win streak at the end of the regular season last year, so technically the streak is at 26. But it's got to be an all-one season from my my point of view. Uh, it has to be all in one season. And, they, you know, this, I mean, it's two separate basketball teams pretty much. I, I'm good. It has to be a one season for me. So, for me, yeah, Okay, maybe they can tie the mark of the the, the, the Lakers who did it in one season, but uh, no, 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 it's not. It's not. It, it, it's just not, and, and I and I, I can't. 
I can't roll with it. I can't ride with that. You got to do it all in one season. When we come back, we're going to be joined by New York Jets linebacker Demario Davis, the New York Jets. Big time victory, improbable victory against the New York Giants. All New York battle. Great time in New York if you were in New York. I wasn't there. But apparently it was a great time. You watched. The crowd was hyped. Everybody was into it. But it was a great basketball game. We're going to talk to Demario Davis about that big game. And the Jets moving forward now. The Jets are in the playoffs since the season started today. So we're going to talk to Demario about all those great things moving forward. You're listening to Go Forward on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean see. anything in the playoffs, time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't <laughs> mean anything. I was, uh, trying to throw you, you know I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that you know. We know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you. You, you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around you. I just don't know what you're Come capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's holy. That's not Robbie. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but I just that doesn't don't mean anything in the playoffs, time. When the playoffs come, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your, nah. your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, <laughs> too, man. <laughs> Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you, you, you have a pedigree. <laughs> we see what you can do. We've seen it. <laughs> I would never bring my wife around, too. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's holy. That's not Rossi. That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) Okay. Hey, what up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. And we're back. Uh, we're lo- hoping to get DeMario, uh, DeMario Davis on in the next uh, few moments. But we look, we look at what we saw last week with the Jets and the Giants and Obviously, it was a big football game for both teams. The Giants fighting for the top of the NFC East, fighting to stay on top of the NFC East. And then you also have the New York Jets who are fighting for their playoff lives in the AFC, fighting for that wild card spot in the AFC. Right now, they hold the sixth spot in the AFC. So the Giants, that game meant a lot to them. That was a big football game for them. And it was typical New York Giants from the standpoint 
that they give it up fourth quarter leads and fourth quarter lead after fourth quarter lead after fourth quarter lead. I mean, how many games can the New York Giants give up, give away? How many games are they going to give away in 2015? When they look back, talking about the New York Giants, when they look back at their season, they're going to be on. They're they're going to look back at the first game against the Giants, the following week against the Falcons. I mean, they're going to look back at a lot of football games and say, how did we let that happen? How do we let that happen? How do we give that game away? And, you know, the Giants, and, and, you know, every football team can look back over their season and look at games and look at moments and say, if this would have happened, you know, we, we could have did this, and if that would have happened, we would have been this, so on and so forth. You know, every team can say it. Every team, every person has a story. But I look at the New York Giants and, like, wow, you had the Falcons beat, you had the, the Cowboys beat, and you had the Jets beat. But you, and, and here's the thing about bad football teams. Bad football teams don't know how to close games. Bad football teams not only don't know how to close games, but they find ways to to lose football games. They find ways to lose football games. And the New York Giants found a way to lose a football game. They found a way to lose a football game. They found a way. And, you know, the thing about it is you needed that football game. You needed that football game. Just like the Jets needed that football game, the New York Giants needed that football game. You would have been on top of the NFC East, and even with that being said, you still are tied for the number one spot in the NFC East. Even with all... The losses, even with all the bad luck, you still have an opportunity to win the NFC East. And is that an indictment on the Giants? No. Is it an indictment on the NFC East? Probably so. But I look at the Giants' final four games, and their final four games are rough. Well, Two out of the final four games are going to be tough games. Carolina, they got Carolina at home. And then they also have, not only have Carolina at home, but they also have uh, the Minnesota, they go to Minnesota, which is going to be tough as well. So they got a lot of tough games in front of them. We'll see how they handle it moving forward. You're listening to Go Forward on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, Tom. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you you a bone, man. I was trying to get your your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, (laughs) too, man. (laughs) 
And we're back talking sports, having fun doing it. I, I'm I'm just looking at this NFL season, and, and let me go to the NFC East. Let let me go to the NFC East because the NFC East at this point is pathetic, to say the least. It's a pathetic division at this point in time. There, there's really no getting around it. it, it it's pathetic. The teams are all mediocre at this point. The teams at this point, no one really wants to win this division, it seems. You know, Washington, I mean, heck, the 4-8 and eight Cowboys still have an opportunity. But Washington, who had an opportunity to essentially put the Cowboys out of their misery and essentially be on top of the NFC East alone, Washington has a hiccup against Matt Castle and the Dallas Cowboys on Monday night. Deshaun Jackson, that big fumble, down the stretch there was huge. So Washington had a hiccup. Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles have now put themselves back into position after they did the improbable by beating the New England Patriots. And they did it in a lot of ways in the in terms of what the way they did it last season. They won 10 football games last season, didn't make the playoffs, but they won 10 games last season. And the way they did it was they scored defensive touchdowns. They did big things on special teams. And in doing so, scoring big touchdowns on special teams, scoring touchdowns on off. I mean, they scored two touchdowns on special teams. Block punt and a punt return by Darren Sproles. So you, you're talking about two big plays on special teams by the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And then you get a 99-yard interception return. Now, people can say, well, the Eagles have finally figured it out. People can say the Eagles now are back. The Eagles are, are going to – this is going to be the game that propels this team to big things. Or you could say this was fluky. And I'm going to go with the fluky. How many times, and and I think it's been done three times, I think it's all been done by the Philadelphia Eagles in the history of the game, how many times are you going to have an interception return for a touchdown, 99 yards to be exact, Uh, how many times are you going to have a block punt for a touchdown and a punt return for a touchdown all in one game? So 21 of your 35 points was scored by somebody else other than some, some other unit other than your offense. 21 points scored by everybody else but your offense. How many times as a team are you going to have that? Are you going to experience that? I mean, you, you want to talk about luck. That was luck. You want, you want to talk about fortuitous, situ, uh, fortuitous bounces and Things of that nature, it was fortuitous. You know, Lady Luck was on the side of the Philadelphia Eagles last Sunday. And it didn't it also helped that Tom Brady and his wide receivers were whatever his wide receivers were dropping footballs left and right. Sometimes they weren't on the same page. Gronk wasn't there. Edelman wasn't there. You know, Deion Lewis isn't there. You know, the, 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 so the Patriots right now you know, we we were talking possibly undefeated season for this team, and now we're talking whether or not this team will get the bye. 
we're talking about now whether this team will probably this team may have to play wild card weekend. They may have to play wild card weekend now because of what happened last week against the Philadelphia Eagles because of you know maybe Bill Belichick deciding to do a little drop kick and pretty much change the momentum of that football game. I mean it did. You, you do the drop kick, Eagles get the ball, they get good field position, they were able to drive the football down the field and score a touchdown, and then near the end, of, before halftime, you get that block punt, and then, you, you know, you're, before you know it, we're going into, your Patriots at one point were up 14 and up, and now we're going to halftime, it's tied at 14. And then, big long drive in the third quarter, Patriots looking like looking like they're about to score, Tom Brady does something that he rarely do, rarely does. That's throw a red zone pick. He threw a red zone pick, and not only did he throw the pick, but Malcolm Jenkins was able to return at 99 yards. So instead of it was a 14 point swing essentially. Instead of the Patriots going up 21 to 14, the Eagles went up 21 to 14. Then the Patriots punt the, you know, they get stopped. They punt the ball to Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles takes it back, and before you know it, it's 28-14 to 14 Philadelphia, and what the heck has happened? And then Philadelphia, Philadelphia eventually goes up 35-14, to 14. and you're like, what is going on here? I can't believe, I don't believe what I just saw, what I'm seeing. And then Patriots make a little run at the end, but it was too late. But I say all this to say that you know, to me, it was a fluky win. It, it, it was fluky on all levels. And, you know, I was going to continue to talk about the AFCs, NFCs, but I'm going to segue now into LaShawn McCoy because LaShawn McCoy and the Buffalo Bills are coming to Philadelphia. And much has been made this week about LaShawn McCoy saying that he will not shake the hand of Chip Kelly this week. He, he, he talked about said he wouldn't shake his hand and so on and so forth. Chip, you know, talks about how he made a mistake in terms of not informing LaShawn about the trade to the Buffalo Bills. Here's my take on it. And, you know, LaShawn McCoy, Shady McCoy, big-time back. You know, obviously the leading rusher in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously a guy who who put up big-time numbers with Chip Kelly, including won the Russian title two seasons ago in Philadelphia. LaShawn McCoy is a big-time back in this league, one of the better backs in football, Quite frankly, I think he's better than DeMarco Murray. Quite frankly, I think he's better than Ryan Matthews. And I think he's one of the better backs in football. And, and so, I, 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 you know, when the trade went down with, with McCoy uh, to the Buffalo Bills for Kiko Alonso, I wasn't, you know, and I'm an Eagles fan, but I wasn't super upset because, you know, you get the pro, you got the prospects of Kiko Alonso, who is one, you know, had a big time rookie season, you know, and obviously Torres ACL is coming off an ACL injury. But Kiko Alonso had promise, has, has proven that he can play in this league. And, and so I look at that and, and I'm like, okay, I can live with this deal. And so they make the deal, and obviously you bring in DeMarco Murray, you bring in Ryan Matthews, and then seemingly you replace Sean McCoy on paper, you would think. But now, as we see, DeMarco Murray obviously is not a fit in this system. Ryan Matthews does and is doing what Ryan Matthews has always done in this league. 
He showed promise. He showed flash. He showed some playmaking ability, but he also has shown the ability to get hurt and get injured. He's shown that ability as well, and that ability has kept him out the past few couple games with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, Shady McCoy made plays in this all in this Chip Kelly offense. Shady McCoy got it done in this Chip Kelly offense, and we all talked about well, Shady's a dancer. He's always dancing. He's not hitting the holes. So on and so forth. So on and so forth. But the reality is. You know, Shady McCoy made plays in this offense. And Shady McCoy is better than DeMarco Murray. Shady McCoy is better than Ryan Matthews, not only in general, but in this offense. And so the Eagles, you know, Kiko Alonso hasn't done much. I know there's I know there's talk about they got three players for one, so on and so forth. But they could've they could have worked the money somehow, some way. They could have worked the money. And you're paying DeMarco Murray a big uh, a big amount of money. You know, you're you're paying him big time money. You're basically you were better off where you were where you were at with Shady McCoy. You were better off working that situation. You were better off, you know, dealing with you know, what the, the and, and just living with what Shady McCoy brings to the table and dealing not dealing or living with, but you know, you're better off with Shady McCoy. You're better off with that playmaking ability. You were better off with a guy who has made plays in your system, made plays before your system, made plays in your system. You're better off with that. And I know Chip Kelly came out and said, well, we, you know, we kind of needed the extra money so we could sign Sam Bradford. So uh, do the Sam Bradford trade. Well, how's that worked out for you? How, 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 how Sam Bradford worked out for you? I know he's been playing better of late, but as a whole, how has it worked out for you? Five and seven is not what the Philadelphia Eagles expected. That's not what they expected to be. They didn't expect to be five and seven. They expected to be a little better than five and seven. Sam Bradford, thirteen touchdowns, ten interceptions. How's that worked out for you, Chip Kelly? Has not worked out very well to this point. And, and so I, I say that you know you, you did all this, and according to you, to to be able to be able to get Sam Bradford into your system, be able to fit the thirteen million into your cap, and, and Nick Foles has been sticking up the joints for the St. Louis Rams thus far this season. But I would say Nick Foles has a lot had success in this Chip Kelly offense. But, and, and well, you can argue maybe Sam Bradford doesn't have the necessary weapons uh, on the outside to be successful. Well, whose fault was that? It wasn't. It wasn't uh, the GM's fault. Well, it is the GM's fault. The GM t- happens to be the, the, the man who has the final word uh, who calls the shots? It wasn't Howie Roseman. It's Chip Kelly. I don't know how you could not know whether or not DeMarco Murray fits your system. It's your system. You're an innovator of this system, the Chip Kelly system, the play fast system, the shotgun system, the read option. I mean, you, this is your system. How do you not know whether DeMarco Murray doesn't, you know, fits or doesn't fit in your system? How do you don't know that? How do you not know that? It's your system. And you don't know who fits and who doesn't fit? Uh, you, you don't know? You don't know whether DeMarco Murray fits in your system? You don't know that? You don't know that, you know, you maybe needed to get younger on the offensive line? You didn't know? 
You didn't know that Riley Cooper stinks and you overpaid for him big time? You didn't know that you didn't have weapons on the outside? You didn't know? You didn't know? You sure gave up a heck of a lot of weapons. And here's the thing. I was okay with the shady trade. One of the biggest moves that I wasn't, the move that I really wasn't okay with was Macklin because you didn't replace him. And seemingly you replaced him with a rookie in Nelson Aguilar who has shown some promise but is seems to be a year or two away from being the guy that you want him to be. I mean, you have Miles Austin on the outside. You have Miles Austin out there getting a lot of snaps. Miles Austin, as we've seen, and now he's gone, should not have gotten as many snaps as he did. But he had no; there was no other choice. Who else was going to get snap? Get those snaps? Who else? When we come back, we're going to be joined by Jets linebacker Demario Davis. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that the Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but. That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, (laughs) too, man. (laughs) Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can tempt married women. We've seen you you have a pedigree. (laughs) We've seen what you can do. We've seen it. (laughs) I would never bring my wife around, too. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that rock. (laughs) That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) And we're back. Go for it. Blogtalkradio.com. Talking sports. Having fun doing it. New York Jets now have put themselves in a pretty good position. New York Jets now 7-5 and five after a big victory against the New York Giants on Sunday, improbable victory against the New York Giants on Sunday. The Jets now 7-5. and five. If the playoffs were to start today, the New York Jets would be in, but there's still some football to be played. Four games, to be, four games left. They're in the final quarter of their season. They're in the final quarter of their season, and now they've got some big football games coming up including the Tennessee Titans coming up this week, which is going to be a big one for this team. Because obviously, you know, they're 7-5, and five, but the Steelers are 7-5. and five. Uh, The Buffalo Bills are 6-6. Six and six. The Texans are there at 6-6. Six and six. So there's, a, there's, there's some teams right behind them. So the, the, basically the New York Jets have to keep on winning and if they want to keep that playoff spot. We're going to bring in a guy who was a, big, who was a part of that Jets victory this week. Let's bring him in now, linebacker Demario Davis. Demario, what? What's going on, fellas? How are you, man? Doing good, doing good, man. No complaints. Let's get right down to it. A, a big and improbable victory against the Giants. Obviously, you're down ten, twenty to ten in that fourth quarter. You guys get it done. You get back into the game. You take it to overtime. You get it done there. I, I looked at the reaction of Todd Bowles after the game. It, it seemed like this game meant a lot to you guys. Talk about it. Um, 
at this point, at this point in the season, man, every game is big, you know, um, to be able to uh, put yourself in playoff position um, and to be a playoff contender in November and December is uh, important. And, and uh, the closer it gets to, to playoff time, the more win, uh, crucial each and every game is and to be able to continue to stack up wins. Uh, this is the time when you need to get hot. For sure. And we, let's go to that game. I mean, you're down 10 in that fourth quarter. What was the mindset of the team being down 10 in that game, in that fourth quarter? Um, you just keep you just keep fighting, man. Um, as long as it's time on the clock, you know, there's still opportunity uh, for plays to be made. Um, you just keep fighting. And uh, eventually uh, – uh, you hope a break will come your way, and when it does, you got to make you got to make the most of it. And you made the most of a big play there in that fourth quarter, fourth and two from the four. Giants up ten at that point. They kicked the field goal. They're up thirteen. Were, were you stunned when they decided to go for it in that particular spot? No, um, you you never can be surprised about what the other team does. Um, you only can worry about what you do. Um, other coaches make their own decisions. Um, you just you just have to. Uh, respond and play every play with everything you got. And uh, fortunately, we had opportunity uh, to change the game um, by getting a fourth down stop, and we were able to do that. And uh, offense drove down the field and, and scored points um, and changed the dynamic of the game. So um, we were fortunate in that situation, and uh, that's why you keep fighting. Did, did you feel like it was a big time momentum momentum shift as well? Did you feel the momentum shift after that uh, fourth down play and after the interception by Miles? Uh, I don't know if I felt the momentum shift. Um, I knew it was an opportunity for us. Um, you know, us being down 10 and um, then going down the field and uh, making it a, a one-score game. I knew we needed to get a stop after that, and we got the stop, and I knew we needed to score points. We had been in that situation and um, hadn't got over that hump, and we got over that hump. And scored a touchdown. Then I, that's when I felt like it was a, it was a different ball game. We're talking to Jets linebacker Demario Davis, and you, you said it was a different ball game after you, you know you were able to tie the score, and ultimately you were able to take it to overtime. And, and you know you were up over in overtime with a field goal. You were up three, and then the Giants come on back, and they have an opportunity to tie the game. Their kicker Josh Brown was twenty six for twenty six before that kick. And ultimately, he would miss that kick. Could you actually believe that he missed it? Were, were you surprised that he missed it? Um, I mean, I I don't know uh, how I felt about it. I mean, you know, it, it worked in our favor, and, and um, time was on off the clock, and we we had to win. That's that's more than I was elated about. Man, it was a lot of different plays in the game uh, that brought it to that point. Um, I was just happy I wasn't. I mean, I was ready if he made it to go out and. Uh, you know, be ready to get another stop if we had to. But um, he missed it, and, and the game was over. So, um, you know, I, I didn't feel it in particular way, like, you know, shocked or, you know, in this game, anything can happen on any play. So that's why you give it all every play. Was there a little extra energy in the building with the Giants there? You know, you obviously got the Giants crowd. You got the Jets crowd there as well. Was there a little extra energy in the building? Um, I don't think it was any extra energy because of it. Uh, I just think it's that time of the year, man, where the, where the games mean a lot. It's a game that meant a lot to both teams. Uh, so to walk away with with the win, um, 
it's starting it's starting to kind of feel closer like to, to playoff time. How was it going to the visitors' locker room? Uh, we went to our same locker room. Um, okay. They don't change. They don't change our locker room. All right. So no difference at all. No, no. We so, use the same locker room. Okay. We're, we're talking to Jets linebacker Demario Davis, and and so obviously, as you said, this is a big time of the year. You guys get to victory. Your quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick is also playing big. Three hundred and ninety yards, two touchdowns last Sunday. He's playing some big time football and quietly is having a pretty good season. Talk about the play of Ryan Fitzpatrick at this point of the season. Uh it's it's been phenomenal. Um he's been uh very consistent. Um every weekend we out, uh doing what the offense coordinator is asking of him, making the right reads, managing the game. Um when we're able to, to to get stops and uh, get him the ball in good situations, we're confident what he can do with it. So, um, you, you can't be any happier with with the way he and the offense are performing this year. And, and how about your defense right now? I mean, you're number one against the run. You're fourth in total defense overall. You happy with the play of the defense right now? Um, yeah, I mean, it it, it always can get better. You know, that's what we're just trying to do, get better each and every day. Um, we have a lot of talent. We have high goals for ourselves. Um, we have to, we're just trying to do whatever we can do to get a win. Um, you know, I, I enjoy coming to work with all, all my teammates every day. I enjoy the coaching staff. Um, everybody's working hard. Um, everybody's focused on the mission at hand. And we're just trying to be, be as best uh, as we can be each and every Sunday, you know. And so um, – we got a lot of things that that uh, we want to do better. Um, we uh, have a good game plan coming up for this week, and we just want to be able to go out and execute it and reach our goal. Is this the most talent you feel like you guys have had on defense since you've been here? I wouldn't say that, man. Every, every year the team is different. Um, the talent level of any NFL team isn't really that uh, different if you uh, really add it all up. Um, it's just about execution, and um, uh, it just feels like we're we're all on the same page, man. And everybody's focusing on um, on on the task at hand, and um, we're just trying to get everything clicking on 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 the right cylinder at this time of year. Uh, this is where you need to get hot, and we got all the pieces in place. Everybody understands the the, the mission at hand. Everybody understands what we're trying to do. Um, so it's just about going out executing. We're talking to Jets linebacker Demario Davis, and talk about your play now. After 12 games, how do you rate the play of Demario Davis at this point? I mean, I'm always my toughest critic. I'm always my toughest critic. It's always something more um, that I'm trying to do. Um, I'm a perfectionist, so uh, there's always more left out there. So I'm just always trying to get better. I'm trying to do whatever I can to. Uh, help my team get a win. If we're able to walk in at the end of the day with a win, even though I may not uh, be happy about my play because I'm always, you know, tough on myself, uh, I'm happy we got the win, so I'm not I'm not uh, disgruntled or anything. So that's just how I, I view every game about the same. I'm, I may be happy about some things. I'm always, I may be uh, upset about some things, but overall I'm just trying to continue to get better. You got the Titans coming to town now. 
first game of the final quarter of the season. This is a very winnable game against the Tennessee Titans. You guys are coming off a big win, so anytime you come off a big win, you always want to avoid the letdown. How do you guys avoid the letdown against the Titans this week? Uh, we just have to be ourselves. We have to be us, uh, do what we do, and do it well. Um, you know, defensively, it's going to be crucial in uh, getting stops early, get on the field on third down, going up against a, a very capable team with a lot of weapons. It's going to be a, it's going to be a challenge for us. Um, uh, there's no games given at this time of year. You know, you got to earn them, you got to take them. They got a quarterback who's getting better week in, week out. Uh, they got some good receivers and um, tight ends that they like to get involved. Our running backs who can run good. So it's going to be a challenge for us defensively, um, as it always is, and we have to put our offense in good position. And so now, and you talk you talk about the Tennessee, Tennessee Titans, excuse me, and some of the weapons that they have. One of their biggest weapons is their quarterback Marcus Mariota, who had an impressive game last week against the Jacksonville Jacksonville Jaguars including an 87-yard touchdown run. What have you seen out of Marcus Mariota, and what do you guys do now to limit Marcus Mariota in this football game? Uh, he's, he's, he's a very uh, good football player. You're actually breaking up. Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah, I don't know if he's a guy you can totally shut down. It's kind of like a guy you have to contain. Uh, he makes a lot of plays with his legs. He has a very good arm. Uh, does very good in his reads. Got a lot of weapons he can get the ball to. Uh, it's going to be a challenge for us. Do you have a preference in terms of the type of quarterback? Would you would you rather play a pocket passer? Would you or you know would you rather play a quarterback that scrambles? Is there a preference? Uh, no, um, I think. Every quarterback is uh, unique in his own way. Even the pocket passes are different. You have pocket passes who are looking to stretch the team vertically. You got pocket passes who who are looking to get the ball out quick. You got uh, scrambling guys who uh, make plays in the pocket by just moving around in the pocket and they're looking to still throw the ball downfield. And then you got guys who scramble and every time they break the pocket they're looking to run. So you got different types of quarterbacks. Um, so there's not even if you say a pocket pass or a scrambling uh, quarterback, um, it's still different, you know, and uh, you, you have to be able to adjust to them. So, we, we're, like we said, we're in the fourth quarter of the NFL season. Seven and five, season ended today, you're in the playoffs. Essentially, you control your own destiny at this point. How do you approach these final four games? Uh, the same way you, you approached um, the other um, 12, you know, you, you take it one game at a time. Uh, when we started this season, we said it was going to be a 16-round fight. You know, now we're 12 rounds in. You can't change the strategy. Uh, you make a few tweaks here and there, but you stick to the strategy. Um, it's one week at a time. You know, we're just trying to go one and know this week. <clears throat> it's going to be a tough challenge. You know, this team isn't going to give easy. Uh, they're not going to go easy. It's going to be a very uh, tough challenge for us. I and mean, we got to be ready to play some, some really good football. And you, you got after this, you got Dallas, New England, and Buffalo. So, you know, you got a, you got a tough stretch here, especially with Buffalo and New England there to end the season. So, you know, New York Jets, this is a big one for you guys, and, and we'll see if you guys can get it this week against the Tennessee Titans. 
Christmas is coming up, Demario. What do you want for Christmas, man? What does Demario Davis want for Christmas? Um, playoffs, man. I just want to want to make it to the playoffs, man. That's 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 on my. If Santa's listening, man, that's what I want. Okay, so you want playoffs? Playoffs. So we'll, we'll yeah, see, man. We'll, we'll see. We'll see if you guys can get it. I mean, again, you got the Titans this week, the Cowboys, and you got the Patriots and the Bills. So you got again. These next two are very winnable. The last two are going to be tough. So we'll see if the New York Jets can ultimately get it done. Well, I mean, you're from you're from Mississippi, Collins, Mississippi. How does how does a, a boy from Collins, Mississippi, celebrate Christmas? Is it is it how do you do it down south? <laughs> um, I I don't know if it's uh, like a, a Southern Christmas. It's, it's just uh, a regular Christmas. My wife does a good job. Uh, making making our home uh, feel real holiday um, festive, and um, you know she had puts the lights up and all throughout the house and does all the decorating. Uh, we put the tree up, uh, start putting presents under. And we 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 bring our parents up, um, and uh, her sister comes, and you know we just have a good time. Family, we 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 eat breakfast and dinner together. Uh, we open gifts. Uh, we uh, we talk about the true meaning of Christmas and, and the birth of Christ, and um, you know we, we we do the whole ordeal, um, and you know really just about spending time and, and spreading love and laughter and um, just understanding the meaning of the, of the season. We usually try to do a, a adoptive family every year. Uh, right. We take a family in and um, you know buy them gifts and stuff they may not wouldn't been ever got, and uh, get them like a, a meal. Uh, for Christmas, and you know, we just kind of do that, man. We we just try to take in the the full meaning of the season. For sure, and and, and fans, if you wanted to purchase some things, you can go to Demario Davis fifty six dot com, and you know he's got some things on there that you can purchase that you can buy if, if you wanted to get some things. If you wanted to get some last minute gifts for your family, as we are in the Christmas season, as Christmas is upon us, it's approaching. Uh, what, 11, 14 days away. So it's pretty much here. So fans, go to demariodavis56.com. Also hit this man up on Twitter at demario underscore 56 and support all the great things going on with Demario Davis. Demario, pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Look forward to doing it again. Thank you, man. Take care. All right, you too. Jets linebacker. Demario Davis, New York Jets, again, big football game coming up. And it's all big at this point. You know, you, we're, we're in the final four weeks of the season, the fourth quarter of the NFL season. The fourth quarter is always big in a game, and it's always big in the season. This is the fourth quarter now. This is the fourth quarter of this season. And, and now it's time for, for teams to separate. It's time for teams to get it done. The Jets. Our team now, after that big victory, right there, but the Steelers are right on their tails. The Bills are right on their tails. The Texans are right on their tails. So these teams are right there. There's a game separating uh, the, the, the Jets. I mean, the Chiefs and the Jets are both 7-5. and five. And then the next two teams, you got the Steelers at 7-5, and five, and then you got the Bills at 6-6. Uh, six and, six. And, and so the Jets and the Bills, you know, that was a that, – that, 
might be for the playoffs. And and that would add some more intrigue to that game because obviously you have the Rex Ryan thing. You, you got Rex and Rex being on the the, uh, the Bills side when he was on the Jets side. So you got the whole Rex Ryan thing there. You got that dynamic, which is an interesting dynamic, a crazy dynamic, and a fun, it's gonna a fun dynamic. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I actually I hope that that final game, Bills, Jets, last game of the season in New in uh, Buffalo Orchard Park, New York. I would hope I hope that that game is for the final wild card spot. You know, it, it would just add so much intrigue. You know, you got the whole I.K. and Polly thing, you, Geno Smith. You got the Rex Ryan thing, obviously, that's big. So it, it's so many different dynamics that would make that fun, make it interesting, and make it must-see TV. I hope it happens. Time will tell if it does, but it should be fun. Uh, but it, I, I don't know if it will because I just look at the Steelers Steelers are, are, are probably going to be there on some level. And the, the Chiefs have really, really turned this around. I mean, they're playing the best football. They're playing probably maybe, you know, one of the best football. They're playing big-time football right now. And maybe the best football in the league at this point. One, you know, one of the teams that's playing one of the better, you know, they're playing one of the better. Uh, they're, they're playing their best right now. And, and they really have turned their season around. And their season, you know, the Chiefs didn't start out well. But they have really turned it around, playing big time football, getting big time play from their defense. Alex Smith is getting it done as well, and so the Chiefs have turned their season around. Their season is turned around. They're on a five game win streak, and no six game win streak after starting one and five. I mean, they started one and five and won six in a row, reeled off six wins, and now this team is in the playoffs, and they look good. They look good. And now they have the Chargers coming up. They have the Chargers coming up, and, and that's a game they should win. They should win that game. The way the Chargers are playing, that's a game that the Kansas City Chiefs should win. So the Chiefs could be 8-5, and five, and that's that arrowhead. So the Chiefs could be 8-5 and five at this point. So the, the Chiefs, you know, just looking at their schedule, Chargers at Ravens, Browns, and Raiders, that, my friend, is a very manageable schedule. So much so. If, if – I'm prognosticating now who's going to get the top two wild card spots. The Chiefs is going to get one of them. The, the Chiefs are going to get one of them. And there might be a good football team that's on the outside looking in when it's all said and done. There might be a good football team that's on the outside looking in. I look at the Chiefs, and their schedule is manageable. Their schedule is more than manageable. Their schedule is flat out, you could say, easy. The, the Ravens now, Flacco's out. Schaub, you know, you got they might be down to their third quarterback uh this week. And then, you know, you got uh you got that. You still got the Raiders and the Raiders are obviously a tough football team. They're obviously a better football team. This is not, you know, the Raiders that we've all seen over the years. This is a better Raider football team. But you still have the Raiders there, which, you know, at Arrowhead. So, you know, that's that's a winnable football game for the Kansas City Chiefs. And so you, the Browns as well, winnable football games. You got the Browns at home. You got the Raiders at home. You got the Chargers at home. Three of the final four at home, and then you travel to Baltimore against the Ravens, who are a beat up football team. 
So three out of your four games, three out of your final four games are at Arrowhead. Three of your final four. So you, the Kansas City Chiefs, I think the Kansas City Chiefs might not lose again. They might end the season 11-5 and five at this point, the way their schedule shapes up. That's a f- favorable schedule, a very favorable schedule. Let's look at the Pittsburgh Steelers now at 7-5. and five. And obviously Big Ben's playing some big-time football. The, the, the key to Big Ben is health. But the Steelers at Cincy, Denver at home, and then at Baltimore and at Cleveland. Steelers, you know, those two games are pit at uh, Cincy and then the Broncos at home. Gonna, that's going to be two tough football games. You know, the other two, the final two, while on the road, are against two bad football teams in the Ravens and the Browns. So they, the, the final two games for the Steelers are very winnable. The first two of the final four games are going to be tough. Bengals and, and the Broncos, that, that, that's going to be some tough football games. That's going to be a tough football game for the, for the Steelers to win. Those two games are going to be tough. You might even think about a split. And I think you look at the Jets' final four, Tennessee is winnable. Dallas at Dallas is winnable, especially with Romo out. But New England is going to be tough, and Buffalo is going to be tough. They do have New England at home, so maybe that helps. But Buffalo is going to be tough. So the the, the Jets' schedule is difficult. They got a difficult road. And let's look at the Buffalo Bills. They got at Philadelphia this week. That's winnable. At Washington also winnable, and then they have the Cowboys, which is also winnable. So they got the Buffalo Bills, their schedule shapes up pretty good, too. I mean, you got the NFC East. The Buffalo Bills may decide the NFC East. They may decide the NFC East. You got at Philly, at Washington, and then Dallas at home. So you got three games against the NFC East. That shapes up pretty well for the Buffalo Bills. So if you can't, Buffalo is it, there for the taking. This is there for the taking. You can put yourself in position before you go into that final game against the New York Jets. Put yourself in position to be a wild card team. The schedule shakes out well for you. The schedule works in your favor. Will you take advantage of it? And the New York Jets, I mean, the Buffalo Bills have been inconsistent throughout the course of this season. They've been a little up. They've been a little down. But the Buffalo Bills have a favorable schedule. They're on the road, but it's against the NFC East. If you can't beat the NFC East, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. If you cannot beat the NFCs, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. That's bottom line, point blank, period. And so it, it shakes out well for the Buffalo Bills. Again, we'll see if they can take advantage of it, and we'll see if they can do enough to get to the playoffs. But they have Philadelphia this week, the Shady McCoy Bowl, and we'll see if Shady can get his revenge on Chip Kelly and the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I expect a big one out of Shady. I hope Shady has a big one. I like to see Shady do well. I was a fan of Shady while he was in Philadelphia, big-time fan. He put up numbers for the Philadelphia Eagles. 
he got it done for the Philadelphia Eagles. He made plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. But maybe it was personality. Maybe it was he because he was one of the black players, but he still believes that uh, Chip Kelly got rid of all the good black players. He still believes that he said he doesn't uh, go away from his comments that he made over the summer. He's not backing down from those comments. He said it. He still sticks by it. But he doesn't think Chip's a bad guy. And, you know, he will not shake his hand now. He's not going to shake his hand. And, you know, might be a little petty, but everybody has their reasons. And, and you know, in actuality, if you think maybe Chip is a racist, I, I, I mean, if I thought that, I don't know if I would shake his hand either. So I, I guess if you feel a certain way about a person, you feel a person a certain way, why would you shake their hand? Why would you? Second half hour, go for it, starts now. Final half hour, go for it, starts right now. And we're back. Go for it. Hey, it's Corey Alameda. Final yeah. half hour of Go For It, starting right now. Uh, we're, we're expected to be joined by our Hall of Famer Willie Rope. We'll see if we can get him on before we get out of here. It was a pleasure talking to Demario Davis in that first half in that first hour. And as we go into this final half hour now, you know we we got some things to look at, including the Heisman Trophy. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I think over the years this award has lost its luster. You know, I don't think it means as much as it once did many years ago, many moons ago. You know, I I, I don't, you know, I, I, it's just not really as big, uh, that much of a, you know, not that, it really not that big of a deal. Can't even talk. It's really not that big of a deal as much as it was in the past. But, you know, it will be given out tomorrow in New York City. And we'll see who gets it. We'll see who is going to get the Heisman Trophy Award. Who's going to get this big award? Who's going to win it all? And and I remember when I was a little kid, you know, in the 80s, 90s, I remember having a, a book of all the Heisman Trophy winners. It was a colored book. My uncle gave it to me many moons ago. It was pretty cool. But, you know, the, the, the award, it, it, to me, it doesn't have the luster that it once did. I, I, it just doesn't have. I, I don't think it has. Doesn't hold the same type of value as it did a long, long time ago. But as we we, we go in, we got to look at the finalists. And, and to me, you know, Derrick Henry, yes, his numbers are great. Almost two thousand yards, twenty three touchdowns. He did it in the big bad SEC single season. I mean, he broke Herschel Walker's record. You know, single season record. And Herschel Walker was a flat out beast. In college, Herschel Walker was a beast. He was a beast in college. I mean, his numbers were ridiculous. And so, obviously, Derrick Henry has a case, a legitimate case. But to me, you know, Deshaun Watson, he has a case as well. Clemson, the number one seed in the playoffs, you know, and Clemson, you know, obviously undefeated. And Deshaun Watson obviously put up big-time numbers 41 total touchdowns for this man. He's one of the reasons Clemson is in the position that they're in. He's one of the reasons Clemson is, is one of the teams that possibly could win 
the national title. Deshaun Watson is that is one of the reasons. But to me, he's not the guy. I think the guy at the end of the day is Stanford's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I think, you know, you talk about a guy who broke a record that stood for 27 years. You know, the record that stood for 27 years in terms of all-purpose yardage. Long time. 27 years is a mighty long time. I mean, we're talking about all-purpose. We're talking about all-purpose yardage. All-purpose yardage. And so, to me, if we're talking a guy that broke Barry Sanders' record that, again, stood for 27 years, almost old as I am, I wish. But anyway, you know, you look at it, and I think it's McCaffrey. I think he's the guy. You know, you know, you would say Deshaun Watson, best player on the best team. He's there, obviously. But I don't think you can – I think the award has to go to McCaffrey, you know, just for McCaffrey because of just, you know, Barry Sanders, the iconic Barry Sanders. To me, I think it's McCaffrey. I think the numbers – are just too eye-popping for you to overlook the the 13 total touchdowns, the, you know, the, the uh, 1,800 yards rushing. Not only that, but the 41 receiving yards, uh, 41 catches for 540 yards. I mean, the numbers are ridiculous. They're, they're, they're ridiculous. And, and so, to me, he's the Heisman Trophy winner. To me, with those numbers, you know, Stanford being a very good football team, I think it's hard. And, again, I think it's hard to argue against McCaffrey in this situation. So if it was me and if I had a vote, I'm going Christian McCaffrey, and I think he's the one, he's the guy who should win the Heisman Trophy Award this Saturday night. We'll see who gets it done. Again, to me, I remember Leonard Fournette, you know, Fournette, you know, it, it was. It seemed like earlier in the season, this was his award to lose. You know, it, it, it seemed like it was his. Or he didn't even get invited to New York. Didn't even get the invite. But Fournette, you know, I, I you know, obviously we thought it was going to be him. And you know, obviously the, the start that he got off to this season, you know, a lot of people were just we were just waiting to put his name on that trophy. We were waiting. And then November came. September, the numbers were great, 228, 244, 233, 158, 180, 150. And then the month of November came around. And then a three-game losing streak at Alabama, 19 carries, 31 yards. Obviously, you needed a big-time Nineteen carries, ninety-one yards, but I think most importantly, you lose. And again, not a bad game, but not a big game. And then Ole Miss, twenty-five carries, one hundred and eight yards, not a bad game. Obviously, a fairly decent game, but at the end of the day, you lose that football game. You go on that three-game swoon there in November, and that pretty much cost him the Heisman. That that three weeks in November seventh, November seventh, fourteen, and the twenty-first cost him the Heisman. And, you know, his team losing hurt as well. But it could be more – I think it's more so team – well, here's the thing. It's both. It's a combination of both. And that 19 for 31 against Alabama, 
obviously, if you do it, if you did it in that particular game, put up big-time numbers, and, you know, maybe your team loses, but you lose. Maybe you lose, but you have a big-time performance. Maybe you get it. Maybe. But you you have that three-game swoon. You know, we were talking about less – you know, we were talking about you for most of the season. Then we started talking about less miles and job security. But your season was great. Your season was ridiculous as well. But it wasn't ridiculous enough. It wasn't ridiculous enough. Derrick Henry, your 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 season is ridiculous, and if Christian McCaffrey wasn't there, your season would be ridiculous enough. Your season would be ridiculous enough. But at at, at the end of the day, we're all shocked. If you again, if we were talking, if we were talking October twenty fourth, you know, coming off a hundred and fifty uh, yard performance. If we were talking about the Heisman, then if we were giving out the Heisman at the end of October, Leonard Fournette would have won the Heisman Trophy. We, 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 he would have been the Heisman Trophy Award winner, 2015 Heisman Trophy Award winner. If we were, uh, if this was the end, of, if we were giving this award at the end of October. Fortunately for Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, and the rest of the finalists, we're not. We're not. This award is given in December, not October. But Fournette is still a beast. He's still a beast, no doubt about it. But we'll see who gets it. I, my my guess is McCaffrey, but I could be wrong. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. And we'll see who gets it. And, again, like I said, this award does not have the same type of luster that it had many moons ago. It just doesn't. And how about – Switching to baseball now. How about the Chicago Cubs? Been busy in this offseason. Add a Ben Zobrist. And now you add another big guy in Jason Hayward. You give him eight years, $184 million. And, you know, according to reports, the Nationals offered him 200 mil, but he decided to take 16 mil less and, you know, stay in the NL Central and go to the Chicago Cubs. Well, Jason Hayward, obviously, and here's the thing. You know, a lot of these big deals over the long haul necessarily don't, you know, they don't work out because by the end of the deal, you're like, there's buyer remor- buyer's remorse. And there is an opt-out clause after three years. There's an opt-out after three years. So we'll see how that works. But at the end of the day, you're like, you, you have buyer's remorse after, you, there's buyer's remorse after, you know, every, after maybe three, four years. In some cases, you have buyer's remorse after the first one or two seasons. But you, you look at the, the Cubs now, You you in some respect, you do two things. You strengthen your team and you weaken your, your rival. You strengthen your team with uh, Hayward, and then you weaken the card, Cardinals by getting Jason Hayward and taking him away from the Cardinals. But here's the thing. The Cardinals – have been down this road before in terms of losing big-time free agents. Obviously, Albert Pujols once was uh, on the St. Louis Cardinals. Now he's with the Angels. And, you know, they found ways to replace him and get back to the World Series. So I don't, I don't doubt the Cardinals organization because this is a big-time organization. This is a winning organization. And this is an organization that have found ways to replace guys better than Jason Hayward like an Albert Pujols, found ways to do it. And so I don't doubt that they'll find a way 
to do it this time around. But obviously the Cardinals, I mean the Cubs, excuse me, they're a team trending upward. The, the Cubs, it's looking good in Chicago right now. Theo Epstein, you know, doing, making some big-time put moves for this baseball team. He's making some big-time moves. And, you know, you, you look at last season, obviously, Arietta was amazing. Arietta was amazing. And the way he pitched and the, what he did, the type of season he had, the Cy Young Award season that he had. But you got this lineup now, this, this lineup which is stacked with Rizzo, who got you 31 and 101. Bryant, 26 and 99. You know, you know, and Fowler, 17 and 46. You know, they're, they're still Coughlin, 40, uh, 16 dongs last season. So they're still, you know, this is a formidable lineup, but now you add Hayward to what you that formidable lineup, and, it, and it's big time. And, oh, by the way, again, Jake Arrieta, who was absolutely ridiculous last season, oh, you still have him. You still have John Lester, who didn't pitch great last season, but maybe he turns it around. So you, you're you're set up in Chicago. Theo Epstein is doing a heck of a job in Chicago. He broke the curse in Boston. He broke that curse. The curse of the Bambino, maybe he'll break the the curse of the Billy Goat in Chicago. But right now he's looking good. He sure he sure is trending. That way, he, he sure is trending upward. This Cubs team is trending upward, and we'll see how up and how far they can go. Let's stay with baseball now. Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker now. You know, he, he had some very, very interesting comments, you know, some controversial comments this week. You know, he's talking about his former closer, Araldis Chapman, and, you know, Chapman, uh, he seemed to be on, he was on his way, he was on his way to the Dodgers, and then stuff came out about a domestic dispute between Chapman and his girlfriend, and now, you know, many believe that the, the Dodgers actually will not make that deal for Chapman. Dusty Baker said, hey, he wouldn't mind having a role this Chapman with him in Washington. And so Dusty Baker had some interesting comments this week in terms of domestic violence, talked about domestic violence, and talked about the whole situation with Chapman and his girlfriend. And he said, quote, I don't believe reports, I mean, who knows what, why. I'm not the one to judge on how the whole thing happened. He's a heck of a guy. I mean, a heck of a guy. I'll go on record as saying I wouldn't mind having Chapman. You know what I mean? He's a tremendous young man with a great family. And what he went through to get here and what his family had to go through to get here. You know, I was with him through the process. There was a couple times I had to stop him from quitting or going back to Cuba because he was lonely. So I went through a lot of stuff with Chapman. So I got nothing but love for the man. I don't read most of the stuff you guys write, Baker went on to say. And, you know, he went on to also say, you know, that Chapman, you know, he talked about abuse, domestic. Uh, let me get that. I actually read the wrong thing. Let me find what I was looking for. Sometimes you just got to do things yourself. So let me see if I can find it now. The quotes were Dusty Baker talking about 
um, Chapman and, you know, the alleged incident with Chapman and his girlfriend. And, you know, obviously you don't want to see that. You do not want to see that. And, and Dusty Baker went on to say, here's his quotes, I think it's a great thing in talking about the uh, Major League Baseball domestic uh, violence policy. I think it's a great thing. I mean, i got a buddy at home that's being abused by his wife, so I think the policy needs to go further than the player. And I don't know how you go further than the player. I don't know how you do anything unless you're talking the law to the woman if she is abusing her husband. I don't know what they can do in that situation because the woman is not a baseball player. She's the wife of a baseball player or a girlfriend of a baseball player. But he went on to say sometimes abusers don't always have pants on it. And, again, it's a, it's a, it's a true statement because there is some truth to it. But I think, you know, you've you got to be careful in making those comments. And, you know, we all know what happened with Stephen A. Smith. He made similar comments, and ultimately he got suspended for a few days. So you've got to be careful in how you approach this issue and approach this situation. You've got you to gotta be sensitive in how you say it. And the thing is, I, I look at it, and I don't, I don't think, honestly, I look at these comments, and they're questionable, but they're not awful. Because I don't think Dusty Baker at any point condoned domestic violence. I think Dusty, what Dusty Baker is trying to say is, let's get the full story. Let's, let's hear the full story before we decide uh, on you know how we should view it. Let's, let's hear the full story, and then let's react. And, and, some, and a lot of times... I think we tend to just react before we get the full story. We don't get the full story. We just react. We just react to what's going on. We don't get and hear the whole situation. We don't get the whole story. We don't get Chapman's side. We don't get everything involved in it. And a lot of times we just get the report and we just run with it. And we just say, well, he's guilty, guilty, and guilty. And we judge before we get all the facts and we we're guilty before prove we're guilty before innocent. So we, he's proven guilty. He's already guilty in the eyes of public opinion. Instead of the opposite, innocent until proven guilty, he's guilty until proven innocent. And so I, I say all that to say, you know, obviously Dusty Baker, you know, he said he went on to clarify. He went on to clarify his comments, but obviously I don't think where Dusty was going was was way off. Again, I just think you got to be careful in how you deliver it. When you say it in that way, he has to deliver it better. But I don't think his comments were – I don't think at any point in any time did he condone domestic violence. He didn't. He just has to be smarter. Dusty also – Dusty also had some inter- interesting comments when talking about African-Americans and Latin players. And, you know, how these guys – well, not these guys, but Latin players – and African-American players, you know, they, they bring speed to the game. And, you know, they bring speed to the game. And so, you know, you, you, you need more speed. He, wants, he says you need more speed in the game. And he says that African-Americans and Latino players bring that speed to the game. I mean, you know, is he off with that? Maybe not. I mean, if you think about it, if you look at the game of football, you know, a lot of the players that tend to be in those speed positions, the running backs, your wide receivers, your corners, your safeties, they tend to be black. Now, again, again, I mean, you know, I guess it goes to larger who's a better athletes, or blacks better athletes than whites, so on and so forth. I mean, maybe it was one of those things, maybe Dusty, again, had to be careful in how he delivered the message. 
maybe his message wasn't far off. I mean, maybe he could have just said, you know, we need some more speed guys in, in baseball. And, you know, or, or talk about the lack of African-Americans in baseball. Because, you know, African-Americans are not, you know, they're not running to baseball. They're running away from baseball. And, and then, you know, you also, you look at, in this generation, this age, the age of quick, 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 fast, 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 fast. Let me drop, let me, uh, let me Google it. You know, in, in this age of infer, infer, instant, excuse me, can't even talk, instant information, in this age of, of instant everything, instant communication, text messaging, FaceTime, you know, social media, things of that nature, it's fast, it's fast, it's fast, information is fast, and we are living in an ADD generation, uh, a generation of people that can't sit still, a generation of people that just can't relax without their phones. You see everybody looking down. Everybody's looking down. Everywhere you go, everybody's looking down. You walk through a school, everybody's look. Kids are all looking down on their phones. You walk through a, a, a mall, people are looking at their phones. You walk through every situation in life, people are on their phones, texting, tweeting, Facebooking, Instagramming, so on and so forth. That's what people are doing. That's what people are doing. And, and so, I mean, and, and seeing all this, it's instant basketball. Instant gratification, football, instant gratification. Baseball, hockey, even, you know, it's an up and down sport. Not a lot of scoring, but it's up and down. Baseball is a game that it's it's not instant gratification. Soccer, even, soccer as well, but soccer seems to be growing here in the United States. But baseball is a game that is not instant. Baseball is not 21st century friendly, I don't think. And again, I love I love, I love baseball. I like baseball a lot. But you know, I grew up in a different era, in a different generation, eighties, nineties, baby. You know, you got people, these kids now, these two thousand babies, these two thousand babies. You know, they 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 have no patience. They want instant results, instant everything. And you know, microwave. It's the microwave generation. You know, we—I remember. I mean, when I was young, we didn't have a microwave. Again, we were a little behind in some things. We didn't have cable either. But you know, my point is, you know, you used to. We, I was when we had a microwave. It was like, wow, this is quick. This is fast. You know, instead of waiting ten, fifteen minutes to heat up my food, I can heat my food up in what thirty seconds, a minute. It's hot. I will say this: when you put it in the oven, the oven when you heat the food up in the oven, it always tastes better. Then we heat it up in a microwave, but it's instant. It, it takes too long with the oven. It's instant. Boom! Snap the fingers. A minute. You go to the bathroom, wash your hands. You come out. You ready to eat? Back in we didn't have microwaves. Guess what? You went in the bathroom, washed your hands. Went to the bathroom, washed your hands. Came on out. You still had. You still had to wait. And, and so. Baseball doesn't give you that instant gratification. It doesn't. Basketball does. It's high flying. It's you know athletes, great athletes, big time athletes going up and down. Football, you got you got violence. You you got speed. You got up and down. You got if I turn away, I'm going to miss a big play here, there, everywhere. Football, baseball. 
It takes time. It's not instant. And so, obviously, you got minorities running away from the sport. And baseball does do need to do a better job of trying to get – and they're trying. I'm not saying they're trying. But they got to continue to try to bring minorities back to baseball. And can they do it? I don't think they will. But truth be told, if if I had a son who liked baseball – I have a son who doesn't like baseball. I have a son who does not like it. So if I had a son who did, I, that, to me, you're better off playing baseball than most definitely football. Basketball, you can make a good chunk of change, too. But baseball, man, these guys are getting paid. There's no salary cap. There's no limit on your salary. You know, basketball is a limit on your salary, but you're still, you know, obviously you're making, if you're making 100-plus million, you're still living good. You're making 60 million, you're still living good. 40 million, you're still living good. 20 million, you're still living good. So, but, you know, my point is, fathers, mothers, don't let your babies grow up to be football players and let your babies grow up to be baseball players. Let him grow up to be a basketball player because there's money and there's less wear and tear on your body. The money is is there. It's plentiful. Jason Hayward, eight years, $185 million. The money is plentiful, man. Get it, get it, get it, get it. Let's go now, and and I look at I want to go back and look at the, go to back to football NFL and look at the Denver Broncos. Right now, the Denver Broncos, uh, you know, after the Patriots have lost two in a row, after first of all they beat the Patriots, and the Patriots had that hiccup against the Philadelphia Eagles, the Denver Broncos now are the second seed in the AFC. They're the second seed now, and they hold the tiebreaker over the Patriots. So if those two teams were to you know, if those two teams were to end up having the same record, the Denver Broncos would have the advantage. So I look at the Denver Broncos now, and I look at a team that Brock Osweiler is in. You know, they they were lose, they lowered, they were on a two game losing streak with Peyton Manning. Brock Osweiler comes in, and he gives you three straight victories, and now your football team is the second seed in the AFC, including a victory against the. New England Patriots, which has really helped your situation. But I look at Osweiler, and, you know, during his time thus far uh, with the Denver Broncos, as he's been starting, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Well, he's doing a much better job of protecting the football than Peyton Manning. You look at his last three, uh, Osweiler's last three, um, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Let's compare that. To Peyton Manning in his last three. His last three and his last three have not been pretty. They have not. I mean, and, and obviously, you know, you, you have that game against um And Osweiler didn't have a big-time performance last week. It was actually his worst game as a starter. But, you know, you look at – I don't think they win the game they win the game against the Patriots with Tom Brady as the quarterback. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, not Tom Brady, Peyton Manning as the quarterback. I don't think so. Because here's the thing of what, what Peyton Manning was doing. And the thing that you can't do when you're playing uh, the, the New England Patriots, you can't turn the football over. Osweiler had one pick in that game, but I don't, I, I don't, think, I don't think that the Denver Broncos beat the Patriots with, Osweiler, with a Manning as the quarterback. I do think they beat... Um, I do think they beat uh, 
the team last week, the Chargers. I do think they win that game. I definitely think they win that game. But if you look at Peyton Manning, his last three games, last three games that he played, two touchdowns and seven interceptions. Oswaller, his last three, five touchdowns and three interceptions. So, you know, those four extra takeaways, those four extra turnovers could be a difference in a football game, especially when you're playing a team like the New England Patriots. When you're playing a team like the New England Patriots, you can't have those kind of hiccups. You can't have those kind of mistakes. You can't. And and I think he, Peyton Manning would have beat Chicago, but I don't. And I think he would have beat San Diego because those are the three games that Osweiler has played, and those are the three games he won. But I don't think, I don't think you beat, I don't think you beat the New England Patriots with Peyton Manning as your quarterback. I don't see it. But we'll see. But I think if if Osweiler continues to play well and continues to win, and you're you're continuing to play and play if he continues to play well, you continue to win, and everything is going well, I think you might be inclined to stick with Osweiler. But we'll see if Peyton Manning does get his job back if he in fact is healthy by years end. It should be interesting. I want to thank Demario Davis for stopping by. Also. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan, where you can listen to this show or other great, or other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at GoForItGant, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T, and support all the great things going on with Paul Gant. And go for it, blogtalkradio.com slash pecan. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great weekend. See you later. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.